0: Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is Our Chosen Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and reminds you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. On the morning of February 21st, which is exactly 10 days after my sister departed for heaven, from for heaven, I awakened, and I was still kind of in that foggy state. I heard the voice of the Lord say to me, you will recover all. Now, I understood at that point, he wasn't talking about getting my sister back, obviously. It's like the King David said She will not return to me, but I will go to her. And that's what he said about his firstborn that had preceded him. And so, you know, I told my mother before my sister passed when she was in hospice, my mother was, hi, I have four daughters and now I'm going to have three. I said, no, ma'am, you have four. Why did God in like number restore double to Job? I don't remember the numbers, but if he had 10,000 cattle, he got 20,000. If he had 40,000 sheep, he got 80,000, whatever the number was. But he had seven children and got back seven. Well, you have to be eternally minded because he had seven still. They, They were just in that invisible realm that we don't yet have access to. We call it beyond the veil. But they're just more alive than anybody in this room. So if you sent a child to heaven, you still have that child. And so my mother now says, I have four daughters. So to not say that, are you saved? Because if you're saved, if you're born over again by the spirit of God, you'll never taste death. You'll just go from life to life. So I heard the Lord say, when I was awakening, you will recover all. Isaiah 30, 20 and 21 says, And the Lord, though the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher, Holy Spirit, will not hide himself anymore, but your eyes will constantly behold your teacher, capital T. Talking about the Spirit of God here. He's our teacher. And your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it when you turn to the right and the left are you listening? If you're listening, why does God awaken your ear to hear as a disciple? Because there's no distractions. I mean, there was a measure of relief when she did cross over because, I mean, I was getting text every morning, six something, and I don't like to begin my day that way. And so... When I am in that semi-conscious state, I listen. No text, no dings, no phones, no TV. Most people are not even going to work yet. And so I listen. The minute I'm at all conscious, I start listening. And, And the word of God is true. Your ears hear a word. This is the way. And so I heard you will recover all. Now, I don't usually do this. But when I sat down to pray and after I get up and, you know, do what you do when you get up and, you know, drank a bottle of water and got my hot whatever drink you drink. I mean, that's the first thing I do sit down to pray. I don't do anything else. I don't clean the house, look through mail, anything like that. And I did something I do not normally do. I said, Lord... I'm asking you to confirm that word to me today." And I hear ding, and I look at my phone, and actually Shannon Earrington sent me a teaching. Now, nobody in the world knew that I had just heard, you will recover all. And the teaching was called, it was a sermon, you will recover all. <laughs> well, I thought, well, all right, that's, that's cool. And a minute later, ding, and someone sent me a word that actually was given maybe two months ago by Lai Cooley, and I actually had read it already back in 2022. But this was Watchman on the Wall where he actually reads the word. So I listened. The Lord is bringing healing, deliverance, restoration, and new supernatural strength to you from what was lost, stolen, and from all the battles that you have endured. You are taking hold of all he has promised and you are recovering all. Two. Then later, now this was all on February, what February, what date did I give you? 21st? Mm-hmm. Then on February 24th, I started going through my huge stack of hard copies. I don't know why we call it a paperless society. I have more papers than I've ever had because I, you know, I like to hold it still, not in a hard metal object, but I, I like to write all over it and, and I know you can get your little cyber pen and do all that. no, 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 no. That's not how I do it. So I started going through papers. And all of a sudden, where is it? I find this on February 24th. And I wrote after you had spoken to me on February 21st. I hear the Spirit of God saying that you are entering a stretch forth your tent peg season. This is Nate. Uh, what's his name? The guy to Bethel. Johnson. You are entering and occupying the land season. You are entering a take back and recover all season. Three. You are entering a recompense, reconciliation, restoration season. For all you've been in a season of limbo and delay, restriction and ceilings and walls around you. It's been a time of things not coming together. It's been a time of having to deal with broken expectations. Hope deferred that has been mounting up on every side. But I hear the Lord saying, there's a shift in the air. You are about to move from stuck to seizing. You are about to enter into a season where you will occupy the land the Lord has promised he would give you. Now, says the Lord, I'm going to cause everything that worked against you to suddenly be what works for you. As I continued, I found that word again, except somehow I had copied the entire word. You are entering a take back and recover all. But I'm going to read more of that to you. This is a fresh slate for my people. And it's time to move into a new season. It's time to end the chapter that has been behind you. The chapter where things would not work. The chapter where things were difficult. The chapter where you were bullied and ostracized and taunted. It is a time to leave that chapter behind. It is a time to enter the new, says the Lord. Right now, I am resetting families, I'm healing the wounds that have been inflicted on families and marriages, causing them to live in a pit and never occupy the land I promised them. They have been frustrated, confused, disillusioned, but soon they're about to break out and see a fresh sunrise of a new day dawning over their families. Are you ready? It is time. And then, as I was going through my stack, Get up, pursue, overtake, recover all. By Dr. Christian Harfouche. I will mend that which is broken. I will restore. I will stabilize. I will affirm that which is doubting and bring it into a place of faith and assurance in the lives of my people. And there will be victory in your word and victory in your talk and victory in your witness. And the world will look at you and say, Who are these people? What manner of humans are they? And it shall be said, these are the redeemed of the Lord. And they declare it so. And that which is before them makes way for them, and they will walk over a substantial land on dry land, and they will cross over to the land of participation with occupation. The word of the Lord comes to me. When David and his mighty men and army came back and found out what happened in Gilgal, the word of the Lord says they wept until they could weep no more. I am telling you today, it is time to stop weeping. Listen to me. There was an inquiry of God. They went to the prophetic, to the prophet, to God, to the Urim and the Thummim, should we pursue? And he said, get up, pursue, for you will overtake and you will recover all. Your best days are not behind you. Your best days are before you. Get up, pursue, overtake, recover all. You will rise up in the power of the Spirit. You will pursue and overtake and recover all, not next year now now it's our now season so let's look at first samuel 30 the steps are very clear in that sermon that shannon sent me they were outlined but it's bible so i'm going to put my my in, my um not my spin i'm not spinning the word <laughs> but what the lord showed me how's that <laughs> So let's read 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 8, and 17 through 19, where God told David he would recover all. During worship, Vita pointed out to me, which I thought was very powerful, um, that, that David was the only king that won every battle. Do you know why? He was a worshiper. He was a worshiper. 1 Samuel 31, now when David and his men came to Ziklag on the third day, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid on the south and on Ziklag and had struck Ziklag and burned it with fire. And they had taken the women and all who were there, both great and small, captive. They killed no one, but they carried them off and went their way. So David and his men came to the town and behold, it was burned. And their wives and sons and daughters were taken captive. Then David and the men with him lifted up their voices, and they wept until they had no more strength to weep. David had two wives, and they had been taken captive. Ahinoam, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite. David was greatly distressed, for the men spoke of stoning him, because the souls of them all were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and daughters. But David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David... But David, he didn't do what the man did. He encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. David said to Abiathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray you bring me the ephod. And Abiathar brought him the ephod. And David inquired of the Lord saying, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And the Lord answered him, pursue for you will surely overtake them and without fail recover all. Verse 17, the, and David smote them from twilight to evening of the next day. Not a man of them escaped except 400 youths who rode camels and fled. David recovered all that the Amalekites had taken. He rescued his two wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David recovered all. And God is saying, this is a recover all season for his people. And you better get in on it, people. So let's look at the steps that David followed and we can do the same, very same thing. And I have certainly experienced this in my season. The first thing they did is they wept until they could cry no more. And I've shared with you, I had that season It started last September um, right after Chosen, but it was intense in November and and, uh, December where I literally could not weep anymore. I don't know if you've ever been there, but it's like if there are any tears left, I don't know where they're going to come from. They lifted up their voice and they wept until they could weep no more, and this is what I'm here to tell you today. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay stay there. It's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. So I'm going to read you some scriptures to confirm that. Psalm 30, 1 through 5, 11 and 12. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you and you have healed me. O oh Lord, you have brought my life up from Sheol. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, O oh you saints, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment, his favor for a lifetime. Weeping may endure for a night, not forever. But joy comes in the morning. Well, how long is there between night and morning? I don't know. As long as it takes. I think it's until you can, don't have any tears left. That's what happened to me. Verse 11, you have turned my mourning not. Hello, it's morning, but M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. You have turned my morning into dancing for me. You have put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness. To the end that my tongue and my heart and everything glorious within me may sing praise to you and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I read the true testimony of a woman whose child had passed away suddenly and she was broken. And at the funeral, there was the casket at the altar like I had for my sister on, on Saturday. And it was so funny. I mean, the video, if you were here, was beautiful. It is, I think my uh, nephew, her son, uploaded it onto YouTube. It was absolutely gorgeous. And, of course, I'm looking at it thinking, why didn't anybody tell me my hair was bigger than my face? I just don't <laughs> understand. But <laughs> if you were here, you know what I mean. But, so I was watching the video. I wasn't crying, but, you know, wanted to make sure my mascara hadn't run, and so I did that. And So Rick reaches in his pocket and hands me his handkerchief. Well, I felt I had to use it because he was being kind. So I dabbed it, no tears. And afterwards, I said, I'll wash it and give it back to you. And he said, no, use it to wash your car. So I don't don't think he even wanted a clean handkerchief that... But I'm just telling you I haven't had a minute of mourning because I did it when the Lord unctioned me, but I didn't stay there. And I'm here to tell you today, whatever loss you've suffered, if you're still in that place, you need to get out. You need to get out. It's not healthy or biblical to stay there. But back to this lady, so the child's coffin, and she was weeping. And all of a sudden, she heard the Holy Spirit say, dance around that coffin. And she said what most of us would have said. Absolutely not. And the voice came again. Dance around the coffin and praise me. And by faith and tears, she went, and she did what the Bible says. You have turned my mourning into dancing. And when she danced around that casket, the grief completely left her and loosed her. You see, there's a period to grieve, but if you allow a spirit of grief, it will hang on to you like the the ugliest, most vile, poisonous serpent you can imagine. Jesus bore our griefs. Psalm 84, 6, passing through the valley of weeping, they make it a place of springs. The early rain fills the pool with blessing, passing through the valley of weeping. We don't stay there. Yea, though I walk, walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. To everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant, a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, and it goes on. They lifted up their voice and they wept until they could weep no more. What is the second? Oh, Isaiah 60. I know you know this one. Verse 1, arise from the depression and prostration that circumstances have kept you. Rise to a new life. Shine, be radiant with the glory of the Lord for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Isaiah 30, verse 19. Oh, people who dwell in Zion, at Jerusalem. Oh, that was them, Sandy. No, 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 no. Read Hebrews 12. It says, for you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to angels arrayed in festal gathering. So this was literal Zion, and Jerusalem, and there is a spiritual Zion in Jerusalem. We have come to spiritual Zion, spiritual Jerusalem. So if you dwell in Zion, you will weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. When he hears it, he will answer you. So they wept till they could weep no more. Number two. Now, where did I put it? Ah, verse 6. First Samuel 36. David was greatly distressed, for the men spoke of stoning him, because the souls of them all were bitterly grieved, each man for his sons and his daughters. After you're weeping, what happens? It's easy for bitterness to set in. It's easy to be bitter. Why, God? I'm mad at you, God. Can I tell you something? God is not moved when you're mad at him. He's not like we are. I'll do anything. Please don't be mad at me. Or I'll never speak to you again. No. He just, he just goes ahead and lets you throw your temper tantrum. And then he says, are you finished? Guard your heart from bitterness. James 1, 2, consider it holy, joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith, the trial and proving of your faith, be assured, people, there is no such thing as untried faith. If you walk around, I believe, I believe, I believe, get ready. Your faith will always be tested. Always. No such thing as untested faith. No such thing as faith that is not proven. And it will bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play. Do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects lacking in nothing. In Hebrews 12, it says to guard your heart. Lest any bitter root develop in you and by it defile you and trouble others. Beware. When things happen that hurt, it's easy to grow bitter. And it's easy for people to grow bitter at you. But look what David did in verse 6. But David, this is number 3, encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord. I love that. We can go to the word of God. If David encouraged and strengthened himself in the Lord, then you better go to the Psalms. You and I better go to the Psalms. There's enough in the Psalms that you can encourage and strengthen yourself in the Lord day and night, night and day. David spoke to his soul, Psalm 42, five and six. Why are you cast down? O my soul. Why do you moan over me? And are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. He commanded his soul. Why are you behaving this way, mind, will, and emotions? Hope in God. I will again praise him. The health of my countenance and my God. I will say to God, my rock. Listen how honest he is. Why have you forgotten me? Have you ever thought that about the Lord? Why did you forget me? Are you, don't you care that we're perishing? We've all been there. Oh, my God, my life is cast down upon me. The burden is more than I can bear. Therefore, I will remember you. You see, he'd speak to his soul. He would speak to his condition, and then he would regroup about the power of Almighty God, and he would encourage himself in the Lord. Listen to verse... Verse 10, as with the sword crushing my bones, my enemies taunt and reproach me while they say continually to me, where is your God? Why are you cast down on my soul? He says it again. Why are you disturbed within me? Hope in God's soul. Wait expectantly for God's soul. I will again praise him the health of my countenance and my God. You can do this. Well, I don't know what to say and I don't know what to pray. Read the Psalms. God did it. Isn't it cool he did it for you? No excuse. Psalm 43, 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why do you moan over me and be disquieted within me? Hope in God. Wait expectantly for him. I shall yet praise him, the help of my sad countenance in my God. You know, one psalm I think is cool. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, Psalm 119. I didn't think you'd appreciate it if I stood up here and read it all to you, but I'd love to do that. But what is so cool is he goes from being down to being up, being down to being up. I would have perished in my affliction had your word not been my help. Your promises have revived me. Your word, oh God, is forever settled in heaven. He goes from down to up, down to up. A man after God's own heart. Psalm 103, 1 and 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me. Bless his holy name and forget not one of all of his benefits. He forgives all of my iniquities. He heals all of my diseases. He redeems my life from the pit and destruction. He crowns me with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies my mouth with good. My youth renewed is like the eagles. I'm telling you, do what David did, a man after God's own heart. So after you get finished weeping, Make guard your heart against bitterness. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Number four. Wait a minute, I'm, I'm on the wrong page. I get so ahead of myself. Seek the strategy and wisdom of the Holy Spirit. In 1 Samuel 30, what did he do? It says, and David inquired of the Lord. Shall I overtake them? We are so quick to do things and make decisions without inquiring of the Lord. I won't do it. I'm just telling you, I won't do it. At least not consciously. I was with the group the other day, and we're talking about how quick we are. You know, you get the slightest thing wrong with you and the first thing you want to do, let's go to the doctor and get a bottle of pills. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but maybe you should inquire of the Lord first. Maybe the Lord will show you why that's happening and show you what to do and you won't even have to go. I don't know. Nothing wrong with going, but first inquire of the Lord. I mean, he can absolutely deliver you. I've had this happen so many times to me. Where it will, it's something very, very simple. Very, very simple. I read the testimony of someone that was having horrible stomach issues. And he took three days and inquired of the Lord. And the Lord said, Give up coffee. Thank you, Jesus, that you've never said that to me. But you know what? He was drinking 17 cups of coffee a day. Now that's called addiction. And when he gave up the coffee, the stomach problems resolved themselves. And so did his joint issues, 17 cups. So there may be things God tells you to do that you don't want to do. But it will resolve the physical problems. That's why next week we're going to talk about some root causes of things. Because I'm here to just, I am determined to deal with every unresolved issue. Allow the Holy Spirit to meet every unmet need and heal every unhealed hurt. And if you're wise, you'll do the same. But instead, most people, they go and compensate. You know, we just think we can just go buy all these beautiful things and that's going to make me happy. And it, it does make you happy for like a couple of hours. But then that goes away. The Bible calls it the delusive glamour. And there's nothing wrong with having things, but they're not going to satisfy your soul. I like beautiful things a lot. But they don't have me. And, and it's been proven, too. Even with the passing of my sister. I mean, I was just determined. I, I don't want anything. Y'all can have it. And finally, you know, most of the things are done. We'll, we'll be doing a little bit more today, and And what I asked for, I'll just be honest with you. I mean, I would like, because both she and I both loved Christmas and there were beautiful things I gave her for Christmas. And I said, I would like the things I gave her, but I gave them. And predominantly because I want to give them to my children. I mean, they love their Aunt Kathy. So there there will be times when, when the Lord puts you to the test. Because something that I've learned that's really important, and I'm just going to share it with you. When Adam fell, God said, Adam, where are you? Now, I'm going to ask you, this is not a trick question. Did God know where Adam was? Mm -hmm. But he wanted Adam to locate himself. And so if if confusion sets in, or I don't really know what's going on in my life, I'll just say, Lord, locate me. And it's become a very powerful thing in my life. Locate me. Prove me, Lord. See if there's anything in me that can hurt me. And I'm determined. I've made a decision. And once you've made a firm decision and you stick by it, it's unbreakable. I've made a firm decision that I'm going to walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with him. I don't want any darkness to overtake me. So he sought the strategy and wisdom of God. And what did God say to him? He said, go and pursue and overtake them for you will recover all. So that's where that came from because he sought God's wisdom. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, we have the same spirit of faith as he had who wrote, I have believed and therefore I have spoken. We too believe and therefore we speak. When God gives you a word, it's not enough to believe it. You got to speak it. Speak it out in faith. And then the final thing he did, and I heard a term I have never in my life heard. I mean, I've, no, no. Let me correct myself. I've heard it. I've never said it because I didn't know what it was. But the fifth thing David did was he struck back. 1 Samuel 30, 17 through 19. And David smote them from twilight even to evening of the next day. And not a man escaped except 400 youths who rode on camels and fled. David recovered all the Amalekites had taken. and He rescued his wives. Nothing was missing, small or great, sons or daughters, spoil or anything that had been taken. David recovered all. I heard the Lord say, preemptive strike. Now, I have never said that. I didn't know what a preemptive strike was. I've heard it on the news, I've heard it, you know, but I didn't, I've never thought about it. So I looked it up. A strike or attack intended to weaken or damage an enemy by destroying their weapons before they can do any harm. I know you military people know what a preemptive strike is. I want to read you what I wrote. Cancer stole my sister's life prematurely. And this is my preemptive strike. I will pray in faith for anyone afflicted with this evil disease and stand for a Holy Spirit eradication of all cancer in God's children. But I think we need to go a step further. I was inquiring of the Lord. I was, a lot of you probably read, uh, you know who Bill Johnson is, everybody. He's the pastor. I don't even know if he's still the pastor, but Bethel Church in Reading. You know, we sing a lot of Bethel music. And um, so last year, his wife, Benny, passed away after a very long battle with cancer that actually had a genetic root. She had the the a mutated gene. And, I mean, they fought hard. They worshipped and worshipped and worshipped. And so... He wrote an article that was in Charisma Magazine, so you can look it up, on a healthy way to deal with grief and how he's giving himself time, which is good because I can tell you when you're in a position where people are pulling on you all the time, you've got to get away. You've got to get away or it will drain your oil and you won't have any left for you. So you've got to take those times. i purposefully and intentionally done that. And I've inquired of the Lord, and he said, one more week. So by next Monday, I'm done. I mean, I'm done. I'm telling you, I'm done. But I'm telling you, if you will ask the Lord for his strategy, I. but they, here's what I was saying. I was asking the Lord about this, and, and we all want to know how could this have happened. But you know that some years ago, that church declared a war. Against cancer. Now, it's time as a corporate body to begin to stand against the evil diseases of the world that are prematurely stealing the lives of the people of God. Cindy Jacobs just had a a prayer call, and she's head of the Generals of Intercession. How the prematurely many of the prophetic voices have left. John Paul Jackson had cancer. John Wimber had cancer. Benny Johnson had cancer. I mean, uh, Kim Clement, who came to this church many times, wonderful man of God, had cancer. Well, the enemy wants to silence the voices. And if we don't begin to rise up with the preemptive strike and say, no more, enough, instead of just bowing down, submitting, making our back like the ground, one and four, that might be me, oh my God. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. David inquired of the Lord. He received the strategy of the Lord and he made a preemptive strike and he recovered all. And if any of us think we can just sit back and do nothing and just hope and pray, hope and pray, it's not going to happen. I've made a decision. No longer a victim. I hate, despise, detest, abhor. Oh, she was a victim of, he was a victim of, and they name a disease. No, listen, you might get struck down, but you are not destroyed. There are storms. If you have never had a storm, you better get on your raincoat. Because they will come. In fact, the book of Revelation and Daniel, I mean, Daniel says that he comes to wear out the saints. Why? He wants to silence our voice. But in Revelation, it says that the enemy came to make war against the saints. Well, he can't touch God. Amen. That's right. But what could be worse than his children? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many of you moms, I mean, if a thief broke in and, and he asked, and you know, it's either you or your kids, I wouldn't have to think about it. I wouldn't have to pray about it. Right. There'd be no doubt about it. Right. It's me, not my children. Not my children. Not my grandchildren. That's one thing my mom has so greatly mourned and, and just keeps saying, I was supposed to be buried first. And I think any mother that's buried a child would say the same thing. I was supposed to be buried first. But that's not what happened. It's time to take back the land and recover all. If you've buried someone you love, know that you still have them. You just, they just put off, as the Bible says, the earthly tent. They're far better off than we are. I want to close with Psalm 126 because the Lord has spoken to me in no uncertain terms that we are in a Psalm 126 season. Now I can quote it, but I'm going to read it. When, when is now? When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like those who dream. It seems so unreal. Then were our mouths filled with laughter and our tongues with singing. And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Turn to freedom our captivity and restore our fortunes, O Lord, as the streams in the south are restored. They who sow in tears, we've done a lot of that, haven't we? We sowed my sister on Saturday. There were many tears. They who sow in tears shall reap in joy and singing. He who goes forth bearing seed and weeping and needing his precious supply of grain for sowing shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. It's time. You will weep no more. I'm declaring it. Let's make a preemptive strike. Get your season of weeping over. Guard your heart against bitterness. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Inquire of the Lord for his strategy and strike back. When he gives you the strategy, strike back. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this amazing word from Scripture on King David and how he recovered all. You are our teacher, Holy Spirit. Give us the wisdom, the wisdom for your strategy, the wisdom on how to make a preemptive strike, that we will strike the enemy before he ever touches us and show us how to wear the full armor of God as commanded in Ephesians 6, that we will be strong in the Lord and in your mighty power by putting on your full armor by resisting and standing against all the wiles of the enemy. For we know that the only weapon he really has is the weapon of deception. And So help us to clearly see the strategy you have set before us to stay encouraged in you and to strike back before he ever has a chance. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.